Yes, we've got Shante Parker in the house. So um, I like bringing my, uh, my, my agents, my agent investors to talk to them just to kind of see, you know, what's going on with them and, and, and their journey with the, of real estate and kind of really their journey of life. And so today I have the pleasure of uh, interviewing uh, one of my faves, one of my favorites, uh, Shante Parker. She's been very supportive of, supportive of me and, and the brokerage for, for many years, many, many years. And so thank you, Shante. Thank you for coming on. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm Shante Parker. I am a full-time real estate agent with Bennett Realty Solutions. I've been with Gregory hmm, since 2009, and I've been a real estate agent since 2005. I am a former veteran educator of 22 years, and I went full-time real estate in 2009. And it was Gregory who convinced me to do that. Good, good. So <laughs> tell us, where, where are you from? Are you originally from this area? I'm from Capitol Heights slash Fairmont Heights, Maryland. It was Fairmont Heights growing up, and then they changed it to Capitol Heights. Okay. And so um, I'll tell you, so I moved to D.C. in 1980, uh -huh. and um, there's certain landmarks in, in D.C., and I didn't know you at the time, obviously. <laughs> but, <Right>. um, <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> so I, 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 of course, I knew about the shrimp boat. Yeah. But then I... I I would drive by and knew about Melvin's Crab House. Yep, Melvin's Crab um, Any relation? <laughs> well, Melvin's Crab House is who I am. My, Melvin was my father. Um, he passed in 2011, but I grew up working in Melvin's Crab House and I grew up seeing a father who that's all he ever did. He was, he was an entrepreneur, a multiple entrepreneur. So your whole multiple streams of income. He was def he lived that his entire life. He always had his hand in some sort of business. Um, and he actually got that from his parents because my grandparents did the same thing. So before it was Melvin's Crab House, it was actually like a corner store that they sold food out of and a gas station. And so, really? mm -hmm. <laughs> and really? so when my grandfather died, he changed it to Melvin's Crab House. And so he had that location in Fairmont Heights off of Eastern Avenue. And then he had a second location on what we know now is H Street, 8th and H is where, where it was when it was 8th and H right. um, back in the day. Um, so yeah, that's what I grew up doing, shucking crabs and selling crabs. And so what, what influence looking back now, do you think that experience growing up with your father um, at Melvin's Crab House had an effect on your, on your current business, your current life? Well, I think all of it had an influence because I grew up in a house where, you know, um, a lot of people do multi-generational. I'm actually doing that now because my mother lives with me. But growing up, my grandmother lived with me, my father's mother. So after my grandfather died, my father took care of his mother. And so I, I get that definitely from him. And so growing up as a little girl, she was a property manager. She owned a lot of properties in the Fairmont Heights, in that immediate northeast um What's that? Deanwood area. So as a little girl, she literally on Sundays would drive us around and to go pick up her rents because she was her own property manager. And I didn't know what that was at the time. I just knew we went to these different people's houses and they was always giving her money <laughs> or checks. And so later as a grown up, I realized that my grandmother was the first entrepreneur that I actually had 
um, experience with. And then growing up with growing up with a father who was a business person, um, I knew that he always worked a lot, a lot because he had multiple business and it was just him. And um, back then he used to say it was hard to find good help. So he felt like he needed to immerse himself in all of his business. And funny story is he actually was a real estate agent, which I actually didn't know until after he died. But it was incredible. We were looking through pictures. His business card was Weicker Realtors and it was the same office in which we are right now. And, and so I don't believe anything happens what by accident. I believe that was completely divine intervention. And so he sowed the seeds of real estate in me before I even knew that I was going to become a realtor. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, so I'm sure you get your entrepreneurial roots from him and, and the rest of your family. Um, and so growing up and with, with those roots, you, you then went on to college. Tell us about um, college life and, and that whole that whole journey through, I think it was three different colleges. Yeah. So but 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 back to the family entrepreneur, his family, everybody was an entrepreneur. No, nobody had like a normal job. My cousin did mortgages. My uncle lived in L.A. He was he was actually in real estate. He was a real estate investor in L.A. So I really never saw people. It, my mother worked in the government, so I saw her go to work every day. But them, they all all of them were entrepreneurs. And so my parents never went to college. Both of them started working when they were 18. So for us, they basically said, you're going to high school, you're going to graduate and you're going to college and you're going to get a degree. And of course, when you're little, you don't know what that means or even if you really have to do it. But they were very serious about it. They always talked about it. And so they wanted for me what they never had for themselves, for me and my brother. And so um, I graduated from Elizabeth Seton. So we always went to um, private um, schools and because my father graduated from uh, Fairmont Heights and my mother graduated from Spingarn. And so both of them were like, you ain't going to <laughs> none of those. Because <laughs> Fairmont Heights would have been my school. And then I ended up going to Spelman, um, which I actually really didn't want to go to HBCU at the time. But what my mother did, she she always was planning. So she had savings bonds when I was a child. She paid for college through savings bonds. So they didn't have to pay any tuition because they had saved the money to prep me for it. But the funny part is that she said, wherever you go to college, because you're going to get a degree, you're going to stay. So make a really informed choice. So I'm going to do my part for you by taking you to visit these places. So pick wherever you want to go and I'm going to take you there. And literally, she took me to every single school that I wanted to go to, which was at the time eight schools. And so I've paid that forward in my own daughter. I see that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I chose Spelman by accident. I actually went with a friend and her mom and ended up really loving Spelman. And that's how I, I, I came to love it. And I graduated from there. And then I went on to Howard and I got a master's degree from Howard. And then I went into a um, PhD program at Temple and I graduated from Temple. And so where was it? Was it at, it was at Spelman, right? That you joined um, your sorority. You want to give, a, you give <laughs> a shout out to your sorority? Shout out to Delta with Theta Sorority Incorporated. Woo-hoo. Yes, I became um, a member of the sorority in 1991, spring of 1991. Okay, and, and how, how, how has that affected your life? Because one of my biggest regrets, definitely of college, is not pledging. And, and I, because I see now the brotherhood that the guys had, you know, when I was graduating through, uh, or going to college, they, they still have that now many years later. So how has that affected you, being part of that sorority? 
Well, of course, my parents didn't go to college, so I didn't know anything about it until I actually got to college. And Spelman is a big sisterhood in itself. So again, it was not an accident that I ended up there. Um, and it was an HBCU. So Elizabeth Seton at the time was basically a predominantly white institution. It was 70% white, 30% black. So I didn't know I needed to go to an HBCU, but my parents knew I needed to go to an HBCU based on that experience. And so they pretty much pushed me out the door <laughs> to go there. Um, and it turned out great, but I always wanted a sister. And so I thought it was really cool when I saw people doing that. And plus I'm a person who really likes challenges. So I was like, everybody said it was difficult because our slogan is many are called, but few are chosen. And so I was like, well, I'm definitely gonna be one of those people. Like I'm gonna figure out how to do that. And so I did, but I feel like what I saw at Spelman and in the sorority was a camaraderie and a sisterhood that you just don't, you can't really match that to anything else. And that sisterhood has been transported to the rest of my life. So it doesn't matter where I go in the world. There's a, if I have on anything that shows, says that I'm a Delta, I went out Saturday night at Ruth Chris and this person just heard me talking about Spelman and the person that I was with was an AKA and she, you know, did our little call from across the room and she came over next thing you know, we were hugging and she just moved here from like Kansas or something. And she was, I told her I was a realtor and she's like, oh wow, I'm looking for a house. So the networking is like so far reaching. I can't even explain the network. So I'm actually working with a, a Delta right now who moved here from Hawaii. I'm selling another Delta's house and this is my third transaction with her. So the networks, we all have networks but that sisterhood network is incredibly deep. So. I'm glad. And is that something that you're going to instill in your daughter? And I think by, I think by default, because all her aunties are one. <laughs> so she just wants to do it because I, I mean, she wants she she every college she looked at, she said she needs to know that they have Greek life. So she didn't say she was going to be a Delta, you know, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> she definitely wants to have Greek life because she understands the the roots of it. And let me ask you this question. So you got your undergrad degree, you got your master's degree, you were in a PhD program. Mm -hmm. How important was that education uh, to you, especially as it related to, and I know some of that came with student loans. And so I'm, I'm always <laughs> in conversations um, with different people on, um, you know, getting higher education Mm -hmm. And but with the offset of dealing with the student loans and whether you need a master's degree, whether you need a doctorate degree or even a law degree. Um, but then the consequences having to, uh, you know, pay those student loans off. Some, for some people, um, you know, for 20, 30 years they're paying off student loans. What, what, what is your take on that? Well, I think it's my largest um, regret because. I didn't leave undergrad with any loans. My parents set that up so I wouldn't have to have that experience because they knew back then, even though they didn't go to college, that you don't want to have debt for the rest of your life. It's like having an extra house that you have to pay for. Right. And so I actually didn't incur loans until I went to graduate school. And crazy enough, I went for free. I had a scholarship. I always was really smart. So I always had a scholarship, but I got loans for living expenses and books and all of the things that you, you know, because they don't want you to work. They want you to devote full-time study. So the loans were not even for classes. They were for living expenses. So those loans continue to, you know, double, triple or whatever. So now I'm in incredible student, lo student loan debt and I hate that. And I don't want to pass that forward. So I've always told my daughter that college is a fiscal decision and it's really important for her to, you know, be the best that she can be so she could 
then merit dollars to go to college and she won't have that same thing that I have. Because I think it's ridiculous that, you know, basically I spent, I don't know, to 27 years of my life in, in school. And then I'm a realtor, <laughs> which you only have to be 18 and go to school <laughs> to be a realtor. So, I mean, the dreams that I had back then, I never really, I never wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a leader in education. I actually thought one day I was going to be the superintendent. I feel like I always have that to fall back on, but, but does the cost, you know, measure up to the reward? I don't, I don't think so. So if you can find a way to make it a vehicle that is free, like I don't, I don't object to people going to community college and then transferring and getting a two-year degree because the cost is so much less. I just think that you have to really kind of help your child figure out what they want to be early on in life so they don't waste time and waste money. And so I, I feel the same way. My daughter was in an MBA program, a five-year MBA program at Hampton. And I allowed her just to go ahead and do that, even though in my mind, I was like, I don't know if she needs an MBA for at least what I have in store for her. For her. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she's got to make the decisions on her own. But, you know, one, one break, she came home and she said, you know what, Daddy, I don't, I don't think I need to... Um, uh, an MBA for what I want to do. And what she wants to do is, you know, real estate, real estate investing. Mm -hmm. She's actually getting ready to buy her first property um, in May. And so deep down, I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 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 because, um, you know, I, I don't know if you always necessarily need that higher education in order for you to thrive. I think the, for the masses, it's probably important to do that, but definitely for what for what we do and mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur, you don't necessarily need that, especially as it relates to the debt that you you incur. So she's she was able to come out of college, um, you know, with no debt, with no debt whatsoever. You yeah. know, I paid for undergrad. And so she came out of, with without any debt. So I just I, want to kind of ask you that. Yeah, I think, though, um, it was you when I first met you and I came to talk to you about joining your office, you actually said, and you probably don't even remember, you said to me, do you think that you can make a million dollars selling real estate? And that just seemed like a really uh, big question, but I said, yeah, I actually do believe I can make a million dollars selling real estate. And from that point, I started really thinking about that because I don't think I ever thought that big. I don't think I ever thought that I would make, I always made a hundred thousand dollars between all the hustling that I was doing. So six figures back then seemed like a, a lot of, a lot of money in the nineties. If you could get to six figures, oh, you've arrived. But once you said that, I started to think bigger, like maybe I can make, because for real, as a real estate agent, my first year in real estate in 2005, I made a hundred thousand dollars and my teaching income was $77,000. So that basically was almost $200,000. So if I could do that, and I can make make up that same eight hours that I'm giving to a job that I actually can't stand, which I find that most people work in jobs that they really don't like. They're not passionate about it. I can have the free time I want. I, I was a single parent at the time. I could be the mom that I want and I could double, triple. There won't be a ceiling to what my income could be. And maybe I can achieve a million dollars if I do what you tell me to do, which is what you said after that. <laughs> well, if you do what I tell you do, you can make a million dollars selling real estate. And I believed you way back then in 2009. Yeah. I mean, so, so being an entrepreneur, I mean, it just kind of opens up all kinds of doors. The sky's the limit when you're working nine to five. So mm -hmm. when you got out of college, you were working nine to five as a teacher. Yeah. Uh, my definition of that is your- uh, Teachers work 24 hours. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because you take the work home, you got a great paper. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like you're overworking, underpaid. Yeah. I mean, you're overworking, underpaid. Um, it's a necessary evil. You've got to do what you've got to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I always promote entrepreneurship, whether you're doing it full time or you're doing it part time, dual career. Uh, you have to have multiple streams of income. You have to do something where the sky's the limit. And so even in our office, we have dual career agents making into the six figures, um, making as much as they're making full time. Some, some of our agents, Shalene comes to mind, she's, she works a full time job in IT, but she makes more money um, listing and selling real estate mm -hmm. than she does on her full time job. Yeah. And and the pandemic has actually helped people like Shalene because they're working from home anyway. So it's much easier to juggle. Whereas I was in a classroom with five year old children. I can't really, you know, break away. So I literally had a schedule that I did. I, I felt like real estate was my full time job, but I literally never slept because I got up early to do real estate. I went to work for those hours. I did work. I was the last person to pick my baby up from daycare because I was running around showing people houses, got her, was a mom. And then I didn't go to sleep because I had to do my real estate job. And so I felt like if I could do that, which is in incredible with a small baby, I could get rid of this eight hours. But I was just so scared to do that, A, because I had the student loans, um, the fear of, well, what if you don't sell a house? How are you going to get paid or how are you going to take care of this little baby? And then one day it was actually Marquise who said I was driving on the driving, driving her to school. And he would he would be like, why are you driving your child? <laughs> like, like, you're just doing too much. Why are you driving your child two hours to school every day? Like, think about that two hours that you're in the car. You could be, you know, doing this or that or that. I think that you're in your own way. I think you just need to take the leap. And it was him who said that. And I was just like, you're right. I, I should do that. And I was afraid, but God worked stuff out because basically that's the year that my father got diagnosed with brain cancer. And so it was like, I don't have, I don't have an option. I have to decide that I'm going to do this. I'm going to help my family take care of him, but I'm going to be a full-time entrepreneur. And so once I did it, the sky was the limit. It became, I mean, I never looked back since 2009 and here we are in 2021. And so that, I mean, that, that goes to the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Absolutely. And, and I just think it's an old cliche, but it's just so true. You, you have to surround yourself with the right people that's going to elevate you, give you the right advice mm -hmm. and, you know, really just really take you to the next level. And if you're, you know, they always say if you're the smartest person in your group, in your circle, and then you need to find <laughs> Right. Yeah. Or you are, the, you are the sum of the, the people that you hang around. And so yeah. that's made very high if you hang around people that are bums. But um, I, I, I wrote a quote on my um, social media yesterday that said, um, find a goal that makes you jump out of bed in the morning. And real estate has definitely been that for me. I get up. I, I really don't sleep well because I'm always thinking about things that I have to do. But I wake up every day really excited to do my to do what I do because it's probably the craziest job I ever had because it's so much going on. But it's the most lucrative job that I ever had. And that get, that is what gets me going, because I know that I'm helping people make the biggest dream of their accomplish the biggest dream of their life. But I also know that as hard as I work, the reward is so great, much greater than any job that I've ever, ever, ever had. I don't know that we'll ever do anything else that we can make as much money as we do. Mm -mm. And so I think we're fortunate to have chosen life is about choices, mm -hmm. chosen real estate. But I think we're also, at least for me, 
um, I feel lucky that, you know, my father was in the military, so we lived all around. He got stationed here for my senior year of high school. Uh, he got stationed at the Pentagon. I lived down at Bowling Air Force Base, you know, finished my high school at Baloo. But um, this is the best area for African-American entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. especially in real estate. But there's, there's more African-American millionaires than anywhere in the United States, mm -hmm. more African-American homeowners than anywhere in the United States. Yep. So we're, we're fortunate. There's lots of opportunity here. Yeah. Um, and and it, the area is almost recession-proof, especially DC, because mm -hmm. we're in a capital city. I was talking to my investors last night telling them this this same thing any capital city of every country you know there's not going to be a recession because yeah. the federal government has to keep yeah. going mm -hmm. and so it's either you you're working in the federal government or you're servicing you know the federal government we service you know the employees by finding them houses and yeah. selling their houses so we're fortunate to be in this area um, and so we just have to take advantage of it. So you took advantage of it. You went from teaching to real estate. Why did you choose real estate? Well, I always had some side job that I mean, a side business, not just a side job, um, because that was who I was. And teaching was never enough money to do what I needed to do. I mean, you know, you have your mortgage, your credit cards, and you've got to put food on the table. And I was a single parent very early on. And so I went from a two parent household to a, a single household. And so I was always feeling like I didn't have enough to do what I needed to do. And so it was my real estate agent, the person who sold me my house, who said, I think you should consider real estate. And I was just like, Ugh. like what most people think, that's not a real job. And he was a car salesman turned real estate. And he was just, and he was really good. And, and he actually sold me two houses. And he was just like, you could be doing this yourself. Like, I think you know enough people, you're smart. Like you can figure this out. I think you should consider real estate. And again, I just laughed him off until one day, several months later, I was so broke, broke as a joke. <laughs> like everything was negative in my bank account. And I went to Starbucks of all places where you shouldn't go if you have a negative bank account. And I just needed like some break. I had just came out of court like for my divorce or something. It was like horrible. And I was crying and it was horrible. And I scrumped up some change, like literally some change. You know how you have change on the floor in your car. And I went to Starbucks to get a, a cup of coffee that I didn't need. And this girl drove up in this shiny white Mercedes she was on the phone. She looked so pretty. It was like this big <laughs> light around her. And she got out the car and she was willing and dealing on the phone. And she's behind me in line at Starbucks. Clinton Safeway, that Starbucks. That's where we were. And she was like doing a transaction. And I knew that something big was happening just by like how she sounded on the phone. But the voice sounded very familiar. And so I turned around and it happened to be somebody I know that I like grew up with. And I was like, what do you do? And I was so like mesmerized by the whole thing. And she was like, I sell real estate. And, you, and it was almost like the sunshine, the sky. My land started playing. And I was just like, I definitely can do that. Like I felt so inspired in that moment that I ran outside. I called the guy who told me that you should consider real estate and said, you were right. I'm about to take my class right now. And I've 
took out my little um, computer and signed up for a class at Remax. And I went and took the class in five weeks and became a real estate agent. And that same month, that was November of 2004, right? In December of 2004, my cousin, first client said, somebody got carjacked outside of her house. She lived in Suitland, right across from Suitland High School. And she had bought her house through NACA. And she said, I know you just got your license. I know you have no idea what to do, but I know you're smart and I know you'll figure it out. This is how I know anybody can make it in real estate <laughs> because literally I had just got my license probably like two days ago. So she said, she said, so somebody just got carjacked outside my house. I need to get the heck away from here. So figure it out. Come list my house and I need to buy another house. And I was so scared, even though it was my cousin. And I was like, oh my God. So I called my broker and he was like, you know what to do. Like I'll, you know, I'll walk you through everything. And so um, I ran to her house, did the listing paperwork. He like sent me the listing paperwork. We all worked it out. I did one open house and got a buyer in that. And then we went shopping and we found a house like in that same weekend and she bought new construction. So in that one transaction, my very first one, the commission on the townhouse was like $8,300. And the commission, which had a bonus with it on the new construction was $15,000. And so in one on one person, I made, what is that? $23,000. And I could not believe it because that was basically one third of my teaching salary and just one encounter with one person. And so that really got me going like, wait a minute, if I can do that, motivation. if I can do that just once a month, my life right. is great. <laughs> and so that's how I started. And so you've been highly successful and you've been creative. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, you know, you and I talk all the time, but I don't necessarily have to hold you accountable. Um, what, what, what do you attribute your your success from? And then kind of the same thing. What do you attribute that drive? Because you've been highly successful. Um, I'll, I'll look up and you're you're doing some type of uh, Taco Tuesday or, or ice cream social or like, you, like you're very creative. And so you have that drive. Where, where does all that come from? All that the success that you've had? Um, well, I've always been a very driven person and I've always been a very, um, organized person. Like, I mean, you talk about this, you plan your day every day before you even go to sleep at night. I don't do mine at night, but I wake up. The first thing I do is plan my day and I get really pissed off if I don't do the things that I say that I'm going to do. So I hold myself at a very high level of accountability. Um, I, I also have accountability partners that I, I find people who are, I mean, one of them is Nikki Palermo. So I find people who I feel are either at the same success level or much higher than I am because they keep me pushing towards where they go. I mean, you're one of my accountability partners. I used to be in your office like every single day or every Friday at least. Um, and so, and I remember when I first came to your office, I used to sit at that first desk outside of your office because I could hear you on the phone and you were willing and dealing or whatever. But that motivated me to do what I needed to do because you could go in the office and do nothing. Like a lot of people do that. And so I wanted, I, and because I always had a little bit of time, because remember, I always had a baby. My daughter is now 18. I always had somebody, I always had to like pick her up at three o'clock or take her to ballet or whatever I had to do. So I'm really good at making good of a little bit of time. So I try to, I try to be 
and I read books on productivity all the time. So I try to be as productive as I can with the time that I have. And so, and when I don't do that, I don't feel like I'm at my best. And so, but, and also I'm just very much a people person. And so real estate is a people industry. It's a service industry. And I get that a hundred percent. And I used to like run around and like, chase trying to like get leads from all these different places until one day i think it was a class we had at our office that um brian buffini class and we learned that you know you are your network and that you know people who will and you all you always used to say successful realtors have a referral-based business if you don't have a referral-based business then you're just spinning your wheels like you need to you need to focus on the people that you know and you need to build your database and continue to build that network and so i got that very early on and that is what i've done over these years i really just focus on the people that i know and that those people grow legs to other people and other networks so i have spellman i have howard I'm, I'm actually selling a house to somebody right now who lives in Korea, who's moving back here who's in the military but she went to clark atlanta university and so we had a connection through the AUC and she saw that from social media. So she wouldn't have never met me if it wasn't for social media. And so um, I constantly, I mean, Elizabeth Seton is a network. I constantly, Our Lady Queen of Peace, where I went to elementary school, my family and friends. So I constantly reach out and stay in contact with people that are already in my network. So I don't, I don't buy leads. I don't pay for really any marketing. Social media is free marketing. That's, that's pretty much what I do. So you do a great job with um, social media and, and you're right. You do a great job with um, intentionally staying in front of the people that you know to get referrals and to have a referral based business. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you, you do a wonderful job there. Oh, uh, yeah. in, 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 in terms of social media, though, do you have uh, a social media strategy or or social media calendar or just kind of what comes up in your mind? Just what, just what comes up in my mind. Like, I know, I mean, I've taken enough classes, so I know that social media is about engagement and just like real estate, it's a relationship industry. So you have to, um, you have to be present on social media. You can't just post and go away. You have to engage and people don't want to hear about real estate all the time. <laughs> like they know that you do real estate. Like you want them to, when they think of real estate, you want them to think Shantae Parker. Oh yeah. She's a real estate agent. It's very often when people are moving here and they say, Hey, can somebody turn me on to a local real estate agent? My name always gets put in that, put in that pot, which I love because I love that people identify me with real estate. And that takes a while to, to develop that. But I just, I engage, like I'm in this group called um, black and brown and college bound. Right. And it's, in, on Facebook. And it's like 10,000 people in this group. And it's basically a bunch of parents sharing their stories about this college process. And people post their stories about their children. And I've been in that group, but people DM me from that group all the time asking me questions because ultimately they go outside of that group and you know they go to your page or whatever they do. But I find that it's a lot of groups like that. So networking you can do networking on social media. You don't have to actually go to a networking event. You can network with people wherever you go. And if, if the pandemic hasn't taught me anything else, it's taught me how to come up with different strategies of connecting with people. But also like, I'm just, because I, I feel like, because I am a people person, like today, my client that I sold a house to like two weeks ago, they text me and they said, we're loving our new house. So I always send a follow-up. They go to closing. I send a, like a five day 
follow-up card. Then I send like a 30-day follow-up card, just thinking about you, hoping that, you know, I love your new home. I might even pop by and bring them a little gift. So my clients never go anywhere. I constantly foster that relationship with my clients. So today they text me and say, we're all finished. We would love for you to come over for a glass of wine. And I love that because I like, when the deal is over, I actually feel remorse because I've talked to and right. engaged with that person so much that it is a definitely a bit of sadness that happens when the transaction is over. And I don't want it to end. So I continue to engage with, with my clients. So that's why I have a lot of repeat business. That's how you get referral business. Mm -hmm. and you're you're going you're gonna, to, for each client, you're going to get more business after the transaction than you know before with that one client. I mean, in a yeah. lifetime, they, should, they say you should get at least close at least 10 deals per every client that you have. Um, if you do a good job just staying in front of them and that's just yeah. picking up the phone, that's posting on social media, email marketing campaigns, all those kinds of things is what you need to do. Um, because like you said, in any business, you want to create a referral based business. That's in any business. Yeah. And but, but also I don't think that what, what social media does for you also that people don't think about, I, I don't, don't say necessarily is that, what I was saying about the legs, you, I may not have even sold a person a house or even had a real estate transaction with them, but because you engage with them on social media, you have an actual relationship with them, not a, you know, social media relationship with them. They, if they believe in what you're saying and they, they trust what you're doing, like there's a guy who's, he's a, um, about to be a retired police officer and I'm gonna shout him out. His name is Derek Davis. He sent me more referrals. I've never sold him a house but he sent me more referrals and mostly police officers. And he tells them like, she is the person, you know, that you need to go to. And I love that he, you know, trusts me enough and believes in me enough to, to believe that I'm going to service them. And so without ever experiencing what <laughs> me as a real estate agent. And so I feel like, and so those people, like you have to constantly foster that, those relationships with, with people, all the people, cause you don't, you never know where the referral is going to come from. Absolutely. And so social media is huge. Obviously, when I started selling real estate, there was no social media. So we had to engage in different ways, postcards, phone calls, things like that. Yeah. But you guys, so all of my top agents, as you know, and obviously you're one of them, the majority of you guys are getting your deals just from engaging on social media. Yep. I remember a few months ago, I went on a listing appointment with Melody. Mm -hmm. And the way she got that appointment was the daughter of the homeowner um, followed her on Instagram. Yeah. I never met Melody, but followed Melody on Instagram and, and told her mother, you know, I know you want to sell the house, give her a call. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it just works. It just yeah. works in many different ways. But, I, think, I think also with social media, it's very hard not to compare yourself to other people and what other people are doing on social media. Like I used to say to myself, um, you know, how come, and I'll say Melody, cause you said Melody, how come Melody gets 500 likes, you know, on her post. And if I post something, it's like 10 likes, how, you know, how come that, how, how come that is so? And what I had to actually finally realize is that you can't, which I realized a long time ago, you can't compare yourself to anybody else on social media. You just got to be present and you got to engage and you got to consistently do it because people are watching social media, whether they like it, love it, save it or whatever Absolutely. so it's not unusual for me to go to a grocery store or wherever and there is somebody who i'm friends with on social media that i may not even know them like that but they know me from 
social media and we have a whole conversation you know, in Wegmans, for instance, because people are watching and that is how they engage. They may not ever cook like they send your information to other people. It is it, it happens multiple times in a day. I, I wake up every day with somebody asking me to help someone. And so it's all about branding. And that's that's how you really build a business through branding. Yeah. And, and people see they may not like you, but just keep posting. Keep <laughs> so that's what I tell the agents keep posting because they may not like or make a comment, but they see you. Yeah. And, and, you also have to be a real person and you have to you can't just talk about real estate like people actually want to know who you are. Somebody that went to high school with me today. Her name is Reese. I posted my daughter got accepted to USC yesterday. And, it, and anybody who watches Netflix has probably seen that USC um, video, the scandal thing about USC. And so USC is a very difficult school to get into. They had 71,000 applications and they chose 8,100 students. So I was very proud of her to get into a school, a prestigious school like that. But I posted the video of us opening the mail to USC. So a person who went to high school with me, she wrote me in my inbox and she said, you know, I feel like I've been on the journey with you and your daughter since your daughter was a baby. And, you know, every time I look at these videos, I actually cry with you. I feel like we've all raised her, you know, with you. And and she said, and I and what I see in her, I see you. You were her. Like you were the same person in high school. You were really smart. You know, you had a lot of opportunity. And I love that you have sold those seeds, same seeds in your child. And that was so touching. I start, I shared some tears from reading that because again, she's never talked to my daughter. She's never even talked to me about my daughter, but she has been watching for 18 years, as long as I've had Sakai. So that's a true testament that you don't the people don't have to engage with you to to like you or want to you know refer you business or just want to want to be your friend. Absolutely. So how do how do you handle that in terms of being being a um, successful agent, mm -hmm. um, being a mother, being a single mother? Mm -hmm. um, how do you manage your time? How do you time block? How do you work all that in? Um, and what are the challenges like of, of being a single parent um, and being an entrepreneur? <laughs> really? <laughs> now we're about to turn into therapy. Uh, <laughs> um, it is very challenging being a single parent. It is not anything that I had guessed my life. I what I guessed what my life was going to look like. It's not anything that I guessed my life would look like. I've literally been a single parent since she was 30 days old. So it's always just been her and I. But um, I think you are what you are around, you know, nature versus nurture. And my mother is like the epitome of motherhood. So I had very good training of what it looks like to be a mother. Um, and so honestly, and a grandmother, because my grandmother basically was my first daycare provider. So my grandmother, when my mother went to work, my grandmother is the person who took care of me. So I feel like the seeds of motherhood were already planted. And so they have come to fruition in my own child. But being an entrepreneur is very difficult because you have a lot of you have a lot of free time. And so, like I said earlier, I just learned how to maximize the time that I have. Like when I'm in the car, her school is two hours away. Hour there, hour back. That's when I'm on the phone. She's usually on the phone or doing homework or reading. I'm on the phone. I'm following up with my clients. When I drop her off for school, I go right to the office and I work for you know whatever period of time. I go and pick her up. I've never missed any of her events because no one comes before my daughter. Everybody that is a client knows that I have a daughter and that, you know, certain things that I have to do. 
Sundays, I don't really show real estate because that's our family day. So I make sure that I spend quality time with her. And I think it's important for your kid to see what you do. Like she understands, like I take her to appointments. I did a walkthrough yesterday. She was helping me, you know, film <laughs> at the at the walkthrough yesterday because the client is in Korea. So we had to film it. But she is very um, astute with real estate and she never sold real estate in her life, just like you have sold with Beverly. So she understands she wants to be a doctor, but she already knows that she wants to be a doctor who owns her own business. So Absolutely. she, so she's, um, so I constantly plant those seeds and I just, I mean, I have support. So I have a really good village of people who have, have helped me along the way. My mother being the main person that has done that, but I couldn't do it without support. But so she, so her father wasn't in the picture, but I, there was another person or her godfather who is Mr. G, the photo man, <laughs> Mr. G. I mean, whenever I'm out of town or whatever, he takes her to school, he picks her up. I mean, he's, oh, he's an exceptional godfather. So he has always been there since day one, since she was born. Oh, I didn't know that. Mr. G was at one of my properties yesterday taking pictures. Oh, really? <laughs> he's amazing. So. Oh, so that's good. So we, we never know who's watching. And, and oftentimes our children are, are watching. Mm -hmm. And so as you know, Beverly is here. You know, she works. She's got a marketing degree at Hampton. So she does a lot of my social media. Yeah. She's really getting getting into um, investing and she's loving it. Yeah. So her first project will be in May where uh, we were buying a fixer upper. It's, it's all in her name. I worked on her credit all through college. Mm -hmm. um, when I bought her a car, I made sure that her name was on the loan, Navy mm -hmm. Federal, and then we paid it off. So we built credit. I've, I've been mindful of credit cards and things like that, wanting her to get credit cards to build up her credit, but monitoring and, and, and educating her on why she has a credit card and how to build her credit and so now she's at the point where she's built up her credit. She's got enough income. She qualifies for a house. And hopefully, I, you know, we get her into a program where uh, she needs little money from me. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we're going to renovate that property and she's going to live in it. She's going to rent out the basement. And she understands why she should rent out that basement because mm -hmm. it's more income for her to help her pay the mortgage. And so these are lessons that we have to teach the next generation, whether it's our child, whether it's, you know, a niece or nephew, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they say each one teach one and we, we've got to do that. Yeah. I mean, that that's amazing that you knew that to, to teach her that my um, I don't think that I ever had a conversation with my parents about money growing up. Like I knew that they had money. My mother worked full time job. My father had a job and they that was pretty spoiled. They took good care of me. But we never had, you know, wanted for anything, but we never had a conversation about money. So I didn't understand money, credit cards, any of that. And when you go to college, the first thing that they that that they're doing when you get there is luring you into credit cards. And I actually my freshman year had like 27 credit cards. No and way. Yes, I did. I'm going to edit this part out. <laughs> Listen, 27 credit cards. And my father was like, are you you know, are you crazy? Like this, you have to pay this back. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to pay this off. We're going to cut them up, but let's, let's talk about money. But I didn't know before. And so once we had that conversation about money, I started like listening to people talk about money and trying to really educate myself on what that means and why, why saving is important. And so, I mean, in, in real estate, that I've, those lessons have had to be applied because you do make a lot of money, but it's what you do with the money <laughs> is, because it is, you know, you are an entrepreneur. And I was talking to my daughter yesterday 
if she decides to go to any of the schools that she has been accepted to, there may be a $30,000 price tag because college now is $80,000. I don't know what it was when Beverly went, but it's $80,000 now. <laughs> and so Hampton was about around $40,000 a year. So she's gotten a lot of scholarships, most of which will pay her tuition. But the room and board will cost me about $30,000. So that's $120,000 already. Not to mention how she's going to live, how she's going to you know, get around or whatever. So that's a huge price tag that I've thought about for a very long time. And so I was talking to her yesterday and I was like, you know, at the end of the day, something could possibly happen to me. I may not be here, you know, when you graduate from college, but I've made sure that you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay for college because that is already taken care of. But you have to have those type of conversations with your child and you have to prepare which you told me a long time ago, legacy building, you have to prepare for when you aren't here. And when, I mean, cause it could happen earlier. So they know what to do with the next generation and they know what to do with the wealth that you left them. So I think about that all the time. I'm very concerned about what her life is gonna look like when she's a full, you know, full adult and able to take care of herself. And I don't, I don't want her to ever have to struggle and I want to pay forward what was paid forward to me. Absolutely, I mean, everything I do honestly is for my daughter. I mean, when I'm flipping houses or buying and holding properties, even building the real estate company, I mm mean, -hmm. um, the other ventures, you know, it, it's with her in mind and, and leaving, you know, that legacy, but also educating her on exactly, you know, what I'm doing. I take her to try to take her to all the appointments that I go on um, and just let her learn lessons just kind of visually by just seeing and hearing, you know, what I'm doing. Can I ask you a question? even though you're interviewing me, <laughs> how did you get her, since she's seen this all her life with you, how did you get her, um, how is it that she became to this, that she wanted to do this for herself? Because you know, some parents want kids to do stuff, but they push it, push it, push it, and the kid does the opposite. How did you, you all have a very good relationship, but how did she come to love this on her own? And so that's the part, she did it on her own. I, I you know, obviously I, I tried to kind of steer her in this direction. Mm -hmm. um, kind of for the most part, she's real passive about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think over a period of time, she started to start to understand money and the value of money. Yeah. And then she started to understand the value of entrepreneurship. And she started thinking, and this is kind of recent, that, you know, this is, this is my path. Yeah. Um, she wasn't always there, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. but of late, and then she, this by being around the office, she actually took um, Althea's, Althea taught a, a two-day um, yeah. boot camp. Mm -hmm. And so she asked me to sign her up for that. And I did. And she really had an epiphany this weekend. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's been taking her time about getting a real estate license after the weekend. And sometimes they have to hear from somebody else. Yeah. Like, daddy, sign me up. For in their age. I mean, close to their age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really, really good um, because I, I worry about that sometimes. I don't want to, I want to teach her things, but I don't want to push her too hard. I do want her to come to it on her own. And I, and I can see, I mean, even like, cause we're not there, but even a HBCU versus a PWI, you can't like, just because I had a path, I don't want her to have the same path. I want her to have her own path that she makes for herself and that she loves for herself. But without me even, doing anything, just laying the seeds. She has, she sees both situations, but she's definitely going there. <laughs> so slowly, but surely it's taking, it's taking barely a little while. I mean, she's, she's 22 years old. 
And so, you know, one of my goals for her is like, Beverly, you have to graduate from college on time. <laughs> that's that's well, my. You said that. You even said that. You said I don't have a year five. <laughs> no, no. And honestly, I, I'm ashamed to say this. I, in, in my mind, I didn't say it to her. I don't care what your grades are. I don't care what your GPA is. Just get out in four years. Right. Just get out. I'm, I'm only paying for four years, and she did. Yeah. And so I was proud of her. She did. Um, but she's kind of like slowly but surely laying her own path. She's starting slowly but surely to kind of understand the value of money, the value of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of her. But we've got to do that. And then you know, I teach her about credit. Teach her about, you know, me. I'm, I'm a proponent of living below your means, saving your money, investing your money, being. Somebody said to me all the time. I finally got it one day. <laughs> but you, you say, what are you doing with your money? Why are you going on all these trips? What are you doing? And I would be like, yeah, you're right. I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you are right. So not, not to say that you can't live. And so you have to live. So talk, talk to us about that. Like your, your work life balance, because you have to have a balance. It can't be all work, 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 work. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I'm really into sports. And so I'll go to games and, you know, I'll travel to games. I've got my favorite teams that I support Ohio state football and, and other and so what, what about you, your work-life balance? Um, you definitely have to unplug and, and take just take a break from it because it's definitely um, a lot. Um, right now, like tomorrow, today, I was supposed to have nine closings. This would have been a, a record month for me. And literally out of nine, six of them were on fire for the, like the last three days where it was like nothing but phone calls, emails, and Zooms all day long, 24 hours a day. And three of them have made it through the fire, <laughs> but it is a lot of work. It's a lot of emotional upheaval. It's a lot of stress. Um, real estate is definitely a high stress business. So anybody that, or being an entrepreneur period is a high stress business. And so you definitely have to have balance. So working out, I, I like to walk like you. I like to go outside and breathe fresh air. I love going to the beach. That's my most favorite thing to do. So whenever I can take a vacation to go to a beach, which I'm doing this month in April, um, for my 50th birthday, I, I go do that. I like going to wineries. Um, something about wineries I just like, and it's a good networking place to go. And I love going out to to dinner sometimes. Um, I try not to do it all the time, but I like going out to dinner, but, and reading, I, I really like, well, sometimes I just veg out and watch TV and just do nothing. Like sometimes you just don't need to move. You just don't need to do anything. So that's what I do. And I go right back to it because like I said, I don't, my mind is always on high levels of activity. And so because of that, like I'm a person who has to discipline myself. Like my phone used to be like right next to me and I would like wake up and check my phone and then now you're awake. So I had to realize that sleep is very, very important for fuel for your body. And so now I try to make sure that I go to bed earlier and that I try to actually sleep the night through. Um, because that was always a challenge for me because I never really grew out of having a baby. So I was always like waking up. So um, those are all the things that I do. But work-life balance is really, really important. I know people who have um, died very young from stress um, and not taking good care of themselves from the stress. And so I, I'm very mindful of that. And so I try to do whatever I can to keep my stress low. And so I, I think that's just so important. I'm glad you said that. Managing your stress um, has to be a priority. It's definitely a priority for me. I mean, as, as you know, I've, I've had some health issues um, in my past, so it's very important for me to eat right, exercise, 
but more importantly, um, manage my stress. So I try not to get too upset yeah. during the bad times and really not too excited during the good times. And so let's kind of wrap this up a little bit. Okay. What, what, what do you, what's your future? What, what do you, where do you see yourself? Let, let's just say in three years, where would you like to see yourself? Um, I definitely, I mean, I've been a um, real estate agent and I've been a real estate wholesaler for a very long time. Um, and I know that there are uh, three levels of real estate investing. So it's time for me to move into the other two levels, um, especially as we are reaching the retirement age. I just said I'll be 50. And so I really want to I've learned a lot from you. I've gone to every boot camp. I've you know read a lot of books. So I know exactly what to do. I just need to do practical applications. So I need to I want to buy and hold because I see me retaining rental properties as my retirement when I'm finally done with the rat race of selling real estate. And also that's another legacy to pass on to my child. But I'm actually in the process. It's not my flip, but I've been spending time with people, two people who are doing a flip. And so I've been um, really understanding. Dr. Joe, I really love him. <laughs> and I watch all of his videos. So I, I, do, I do too. I know. <laughs> just understanding the process and just, I used to be afraid to do it because I didn't want to lose any money. And I mean, I've heard all the bad stories. So I was afraid to do that. Real estate wholesaling, like, okay, that's great. I do that. It's easy to do. Um, buying and holding, I always never thought I had enough money to do that because I wanted to be liquid in a certain way. But I mean, you've taught me now that you don't you don't have to do that. You can use you can use other money or other people's money. So I'm just ready to take it to the next level in terms of my real estate investing business. Um, also, I mean, I'm an educator by trade. So over the summer, doing, I mean, really over the beginning of COVID, I came up with this journal business, which has been really, really good and lucrative. And I came up with a real estate journal company. I mean, in order for me to help other real estate agents. So I'm going to be doing um, a coaching program for realtors. Um that I've been working on for the last three months, but I'm a perfectionist. So I don't want to release something that's not, you know, as great as it could possibly be. And so people always ask me about it, but I'm definitely coming with that. Definitely. It'll be here soon. My, my goal day was April 1st, but basically I'm going to be doing group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching with real estate agents, because I think that if you have the right coach or the right trainer, I've had some really good ones in my real estate career. I think, everybody can make six figures in real estate. And I think everybody can be successful in real estate with the right tools and the right person. You can't do anything in this life without having a coach and somebody to help you get there. And so I feel like um, our business is saturated with a bunch of people who just don't know what to do. And so um, if they had the right person to teach them what to do, I feel like they would be successful. And so I definitely want to use what I've been trained to do and I have all these degrees to do <laughs> to help me in the business that I'm really successful at. So that's my plan. And so, you, you know, I'm a big, huge proponent on, you know, the information marketing business and mm -hmm. selling your knowledge. And, and so my advice to you is just to get it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. I, know. You know, I, I started my coaching business probably three years ago, three or four years ago, and it looks completely different now than it did then, but yeah. I just want to get something out there. Yeah. And, you know, Sometimes you were, you were actually surprised at his success. Like it was like an overnight success and you have evolved. So I, I, I was there in the beginning. So you, you definitely. Yeah, abso absolutely. So you've kind of, you've kind of seen my journey. Mm -hmm. We've seen, we've seen each other's journey, which is, yeah. which is good.
Right. And so I think my last question to you is, um, we've got a lot of people on now live. It'll go onto my podcast and YouTube. Hi, people. <laughs> and so what, what advice, what advice would you give um, the entrepreneur, the single parent, um, real estate agents, what advice would you give them? What type of encouragement? Um, let's see. I want to say something eloquent. Let's see. <laughs> um, well, one, you have to make a decision to do something and take the leap to do it. You cannot allow fear to control your ability to be successful. Um, and that's what stopped me for a very long time. The fear of the unknown, the fear of failing, um, the fear of not being able to take care of my family. And once I was able to eradicate fear, um, I don't know what happened. <laughs> once I was able to eradicate the fear, I totally took a leap and bet it on myself. So that's the second advice. You've got to bet on yourself. If no one else bets on you, you have to bet on yourself and you have to believe that you can do whatever it is that you want to do, regardless of what field that it's in or what journey of entrepreneurship you're going on, you have to believe that you can actually do it. And as my daddy would say, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. You got you got to plan, you got to set goals, and then you have to execute. And then you have to do that same thing every day with consistency, because those are the people that achieve high and are successful. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't have I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Got a couple questions. Um, Kim mm -hmm. is asking, Kim Garrett, how, how long have you been in the industry? I've been a real estate agent since, um, I guess, birth, but an actual real estate agent since 2004. So 17 years. And, and um, it was probably one of the best decisions you've ever made, right? It was the best decision I ever made. Yep. And the best is yet to come. And the best brokerage. <laughs> <laughs> You're not at Bennett Realty Solutions. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't tell know. It, tell it, girl. <laughs> I don't know where you at. You better get over here. We got it hey, going on. And so I'm excited for your future. <laughs> um, I want to play a role in your success. As I said in, in our in our sales meeting Monday night, I, I think you got on. We we were sold out Monday night. I got on at the end. It was a jam-packed meeting on a Monday. That was crazy. Jam-packed. But um, so one of the things I mentioned, probably as you know, mm -hmm. is that um, we're opening up another office in in Baltimore, okay. and, and uh, we'll be moving there June first. And so you know when you, when you talked about investments and and buy and hold, you know, I, Baltimore City is the number one uh, residential rental area in the United States because you can buy low and rent high. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll help you. We're going to help all the agents find the deals, uh, vet the deals, find good contractors to fix them up, um, get the proper financing, all those kinds of things. And so, um, so my, for my 50th birthday, my goal was to buy my first property. So we have about less than 30 days. You think we can do that <laughs> before, um, before April 23rd? We, we can, but maybe it's the year. Maybe it's the year of your 50th birthday. You always tell me to calm down. <laughs> I'm an overachiever. Like I, 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 said, it, I said it, and I really want to do it. So let's let's at least start the process. Absolutely, absolutely, the process. We we'll definitely start. I think we've already started the process. The process starts with your mind, your mindset. Everything is about what we think and yeah. what we dream about, and it's really the mindset. 
And so look, I know, I know you're busy. Thank you for being here. Thank you for um, participating and kind of speaking from the heart, being totally transparent. Uh, I'm sure that your words are going to help a lot of people um, because people want to be great. Um, but a lot of times they're fearful. You, you spoke to that. They're yes. fearful of doing that. But oftentimes you just take a leap of faith and bet on yourself like you, you mentioned and never look back. Because one thing for me personally, I'm never, ever going to disappoint myself. Mm -mm. And I know that I control my own destiny, but I want to be bold with my decisions and I want to be daring and I want to go for it. Like, I don't, I don't want to, when it's time for me to pass on, I never, ever want to feel like, you know, there was something that I wanted to do that I didn't do. Even if I do something and fail at it, at least I know I tried. Yeah. And I, I see that in you. And so let's just keep, keep going. Let's keep yeah. striving, keep supporting each other. I think one thing you always said too, is that your why, the why you do stuff has to be big. You, it has to be the, the biggest thing, the thing that gets you out of bed every morning. I remember one time you were like, yeah, my goal is I'm going to make a hundred thousand a month. I was just like, what? <laughs> like That's insane. But you did it. And everything you said you were going to do, you did it. And so your why just has to be really, really strong. And for me, it's always been my daughter and what I want to leave for my daughter. My father left this earth with nothing. He was a millionaire, definitely in his lifetime. And he did not um, invest his money and he basically died with no money. So, or broke, if you want to say that, to be really honest. And so for him to have had all the access to money that he had in his life, he definitely um, had all the ability to do what I'm trying to do right now. And so I want to make all this work count. And at the end of my life, whenever that is, that my daughter benefit from all the work that I've laid. Absolutely. And then it's all the lessons. It's all the things that we talk about, all the things that you've read about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, you know, starts with credit, starts with mindset, living below your means, yep. you know, investing. It's just all of those things. And we just have to do all of those things. Insurance, it, it, you know, life insurance, it, it's, it, that's part of it. Retirement plans. Um, you know, you hear all those things, but we still live in the moment. And we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. We we got it. We got to make sacrifices. Yeah. No GoFundMe's for my funeral. <laughs> That's horrible. When I see that, it breaks my heart. No GoFundMe's. Get insurance. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's called get some life insurance. GoFundMe is not life insurance. <laughs> no, no. Term life insurance. Um, whole life. Yes. Those are life insurance policies, not GoFundMe. Oh my God. All right. So we don't want that. No. All right, Shantae, I love you. Oh, I, I appreciate you. you. Um, I this has been you. wonderful. Um, and so let's let's like let's win together. Like we, it, there's no fun winning by ourselves. We it's need to win, we need to win together. We all need to win. If one of us rises, we all must rise. And then we. Can, support I, can each I just say one more thing? People ask me all the time, "Why are you um, at Bennett Realty Solutions? Like, there's so many companies and other places that you could go." to be a real estate agent? And are you sure you're the most successful there? And the answer to that question, people, <laughs> is that I'm at Bennett Realty Solutions because of Gregory Bennett. And he has been my mentor. Um, he's been an advocate. He's been a pusher. He's been an um, inspiration. 
Um, his life and his work ethic has inspired me to do every single thing that I do right now. He's always been there. He always lifts as he climbs other people. He would never ever, he's not the type of person that would not help another person. And the energy that we have in our office is, is one of support, is one of love, it's like one big family. And I can't ask for anything better. And so that is why I'm there. That is why I stayed there. And that's why I never would go anywhere else. So well, I, I, I appreciate you. I, think I, I, I owe you like a hundred dollar gift certificate to Ruth for that, your favorite restaurant. You didn't pay me. That's for real. But yeah, I mean, we do have to help each other. Honestly, if we don't help each other, if I don't help you, then how am I going to get my blessings? Yeah. So we have to. We have to reach out. We have to help each other. And you guys help me out as well. Um, but if I want to succeed at a high level, which I do, mm -hmm. um, there's no way I can do that without helping as many people as I can in order for me to get my blessings. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right, so we'll leave it at that. So a lot of our agents, Stephanie and Andre and Michael, um, Shay, at least, hey, Shay, um, Tyrone, Gwendolyn is here, um, Stephanie, Tanja. Um, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> yes, Danielle, Arlene, uh, a couple, couple of my old employees are on here. Oh, wow. Uh, Kim Garrett. All right, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you, guys. Um, all right, Shantae, get Love back you. to work. Get all back right. to work. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, take care. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take bye. care.